Blog Talk Radio. Coming to you live from Portland, Maine, and joined by um, a cast, a legion of thousands, actually three, um, Jennifer, um, Tim, and Stella are with us today. Even during pandemics, we do this program. I w- we might say especially during pandemics, we do this program. How are you all today? Good morning. Good morning. Hanging in there. Uh, It has been a rough go for a lot of people. Um, And we can talk about that today if we want to. We don't always have to talk about collaborative and proactive solutions. Callers do take priority on this program, as always. The um, call-in number is 347-994-2981. And apparently you have to press the number 1 to get through after you dial all that in. So once again, 347-994-2981. We do have a caller already, but let me, uh, in area code 419, we'll get to you in just a few minutes. Let's just start off by uh, getting getting ourselves settled here. This is uh, our last program officially of this so-called broadcast season. Uh Uh-oh, did we lose you? Oh, <laughs> go for it, Kim. <laughs> yes, it is true. This is the last uh, episode of uh, this broadcast season. We're going to resume. Sometimes we resume in October, but we try to resume in September. So watch our newsletter and Facebook and website for um, an update on that. Uh, I'm just texting Ross that we lost him. Um, hopefully he comes back Um, I am not in control of the switchboard so we can only have one host and when Ross joins us he is the host so um, so, hang in there oh there he is yay we'll we'll have to see how often this happens I'm I'm doing this from the home office which means I'm on cell and um, we'll see how interesting life gets today um, okay. but whatever. Um, let, let's start, though, with uh, how, how is this affecting you all, and do you have any words of wisdom for people who are listening out there and um, hoping we might be able to share something helpful for them? Who wants to start? <laughs> I could jump in if you'd like. Um, If we have time, there was a great question posted to the B team yesterday that hit home for me. In fact, I switched out of my Lives in the Balance account into my personal account to answer it because I wanted to answer in my role as parent. And so um, if we have time, we could get to it. But it had to do with when you live in a neighborhood with lots of kids around and different families are having different expectations around social distancing Mm -hmm. and maybe you're Mm -hmm. having – a stricter expectation than other families are having, how do you work through that with your kids? And um, 
that, you know, that really hit home for me because we three years ago moved to a neighborhood. Um, so we went from not having any kids around to having kids everywhere. Um, mm. And it was really clear that different families have different expectations about helmets, about going in for dinner, about when, you know, coming in late at night versus before dark, you know, all of that stuff. So, um, you know, I think we're negotiating it pretty well at the moment. Um, my older daughter is my older child, I should say. She's um, quite skilled, so she's, she really can work the process quite nicely. My son, who is four and is our challenging guy, um, he actually loves to be at home and he loves to be with mommy. So he's like living his best life right now. Uh, I was actually reflecting on, yeah, we've gone from um, having probably, oh, I don't know, eight to 10 explosions a day to one, two, mm. you know, because I'm not trying to get him out the door to school, number yeah. one, right? <laughs> um, and I think he's just, you know, he learned to ride a two-wheeler already. He's just loving it. So in our house, wow. we have a joke and it goes like this. Jocelyn will say the only people who like this being at home thing are Kaylin and Ross. Because <laughs> I told her that he liked being at home and traveling. And so he is, you know, unhappy about it. So um, we've had some, yeah, we've had, so, you know, we're doing a lot of plan C. And I'm I'm totally fine with it. I wasn't fine with it at first, but I'm I've become fine with it. So we're we're hanging on, okay. <sighs> yeah, I think Plan C is still everybody's best friend right now, <laughs> without question. And you're certainly seeing the power of it, Kim, in going from mega explosions to little explosions. So I know that it has been a big help in our house. Yeah, and my observation overall with friends that have kids of a variety of ages and and what's happening here in in our home um, is that the the realization that kids spending time um, on their devices and their computers and, you know, giving them the opportunity to self-monitor um, and, you know, and vary their day um, with a little bit of um, independence. I, I think it's kind of a nice thing. I think a lot of parents are surprised that their kids are, are, are doing some good decisions. And um, I'm, I'm seeing a lot of, of friends that are making comments like, wow, I just been letting my kid be and, and they're doing good things, you know? So, I know my younger son is is uh, really balancing his time on screen and his time out here, and um, and he and I have been binging some shows together, and that feels really, really good. <laughs> I'm developing a, a good good friendship with him, and we're having some interesting conversations. So, yeah, and uh, you know, my son uh, that's in Utah, and, and sorry, my son that's in Utah at the boarding school, he's thriving i mean they they're still having classes and he's he's just moving forward at the speed of light and so we are we are you know doing the best that we can and very grateful for what what we have and a lot of plan c yes 
<laughs> Dr. Green, I have to tell you, yesterday I was watching um, our governor's newscast. I'm in Massachusetts, and uh, we are very much still in, in lockdown over here. Yes. Um, and there was a big protest yesterday at the State House. And somebody at the press conference when the governor was speaking yesterday asked him about the protest and about people, you know, about the choices that he's made. And I had to laugh because he said, well, I think we've made the best of our bad choices. (laughs) How often have we said, you know, sometimes in the heat of the moment you make the least bad of your bad options. <laughs> and apparently that's what the governor was was coming across yesterday. So <laughs> smart governor. Um yes. You know, it's interesting when it comes to plan C, there's nothing, you know, it's one thing to um be with your kids three or four times a day, three or four hours a day, you know, morning and then night um on on weekdays. Um, that that has a certain impact on what your expectation can be because you only have the energy and bandwidth to pursue so many expectations. But if you're with them full time, that's definitely going to have you viewing things through different lenses. You just can't, everything can't be that important anymore under these conditions. And that, you know, if there's a silver lining, that might be one of them. Um, that it is making people take a close look at their expectations because you only have energy for so much. Right. But let's, let's turn to our caller who we've kept waiting for long enough. Area code 419, you are on the air with us. What's on your mind today? Um, can you hear me? We can. Yep. Okay, I wasn't sure. I, I can hear you, but I wasn't sure if you could hear me. Um, first of all, I want to thank you for um, writing this book, <laughs> Explosive Child. I um, just finished reading it, and um, we are grandparents, my husband and I, raising our 15-year-old grandson since birth, and he has high-functioning autism. And um, your book is really, really going to help us. And I have not yet... Am I talking too fast, or is this good? You're doing great. Okay. Um, I've actually got a script written of how I'm going to do Plan B <laughs> because I'm really nervous about it. I'm very nervous about um, whether I'm challenging too big of a – well, I'm not picking my biggest challenge right now because I saw in your book that we should not start off with something that is one of our bigger challenges. So I tried to pick a smaller one. And every day I think I'm going to do it today, I'm going to do it today, and I, um, that's been going on a few days. And so I'm hoping today is the day we're going to um, um, be able to, I don't think my husband's going to maybe sit with us at the table. I read in your book, um, he's not totally on board yet. Um, he's reading the book. He's not very far into the book. Um, and I read where you said sometimes it might just work out the first time just for me and Gage as my grandson, Gage, to sit at the table, you know, together. Or maybe Bob could possibly just sit there and listen, but um, I'm not sure. Um, <laughs> anyhow, what, what would you like me to tell you? Um, basically, um, he's got some anxiety and depression, of course. Who doesn't right now at this time? I think we all do. 
Um, I'm, I guess one of, my, one of my main questions I'd like to ask you is, how do we know as parents when he's not making this bigger than it is because he's very, very smart? He's very smart. And he might be thinking by saying, I have a lot of anxiety and depression, Grandma, and I really want to, you know, have my phone beside me up in the room at night at bedtime all night, which we haven't allowed so far. I mean, how do, how do you know when this isn't just a ploy to get the phone upstairs all night, whereas right now he puts it, you know, on the counter at 1030 and heads upstairs, but I don't want to make that sound like that's easy because that's not even easy. But I guess my main question right now is where do you determine whether um, your child is maybe using his anxiety and depression type, you know, thoughts um, right before bedtime because he knows that he doesn't get to take it up and it's making me think, wow, maybe, you know, I need to be letting this work out. I guess that's my first question I'm going to ask you. Well, so um, this, is, this is not a model that worries too much about ploys. It okay. doesn't mean that we discount the possibility. But the good news is that as you've read, or, or maybe you haven't gotten this far yet, um, no, the I've solution read the whole book. has to be got it. The solution has to be mutually satisfactory, meaning I do, it has to address yeah. your concerns too. So right. we're going to take the kid. We're going to take. Uh, try not to use any names though, but uh, we're okay, going to take your grandson at his word okay. when he's telling us what his concerns are, right? Okay. If we think it's a ploy, then he really has no reason to, to talk to us. Right. If, if, he thinks, if we think it's a ploy, then uh-huh. almost from the get-go, we are letting him know we kind of don't believe you. And if we kind of don't believe okay. him, then there's really kind of no point for him to talk to us because we're not going to believe him anyway. Mm-hmm. So we're going to mm-hmm. take his concerns at face value. But here's the other good part. So number one, you're protected because the solution has to be mutually satisfactory, which means that it has to work for you too, right? right? Not just right. him, but for you. So you've got a little protection right. built in there. But um, if he, in response to whatever the unsolved problem is, I noticed you're being, having difficulty leaving your phone in the kitchen at 1030 at night, what's up, right? Okay. He says, well, I'm very depressed and I'm very anxious and it comforts me, right? Now, right. by drilling well, by drilling well, using those eight drilling strategies that are on the drilling cheat sheet and also described in the explosive child, depending on what edition you have. Right. I've you're going to get that. to the bottom of it. Right. Mm-hmm. It's not an interrogation. It's not, you know, he's not on the hot seat, but you're trying right. to achieve the clearest possible understanding of what's making it hard for him to meet that expectation. Right. And okay. if the first thing he says is that he's depressed and anxious, that's only the first thing he said. We now have to mm-hmm. drill for information to really understand what he's trying to say, right? And here's the good news. Right. If what he's trying to say doesn't add up, then that will come out in, when you're drilling. But generally speaking, okay. that's not usually the way it goes, right? Yes, there are some kids who, who have never been asked the question before, right? Um, you know, I can, you're nervous about doing it. He's never done it before either. So we don't know what he's going to say first. <laughs> Right, But whatever he says first is not going to give us the clearest possible understanding of what's making it hard for him to meet that expectation. 
So it may just be the first right. thing he says to a lot of things when people tell him that he's not meeting a particular expectation. That's why we're going to drill for more information so that we really understand it, but also so that he has a chance to clarify his concerns for himself. He may never have thought about okay. this before. So it could just be something he says it's instinctive. Now you're going to start drilling and really understand. And by the way, it's either going to add up or it's not. If it doesn't add up, that doesn't mean that it was a ploy. It just means that okay. it was the first thing he said, and he may not understand it so well himself. That makes sense? Okay. It, it does. And I'm, I'm giving you the biggest challenging um, thing going on right now that I wasn't going to actually address first when I start off with this whole um, sitting down and doing the, the step, you know, the, the empathy step and the concerns and the invitation. I got them all down here. And I, I still want, I kind of threw out at you um, one of the big ones that I, I don't feel comfortable yet starting with that, but I wanted to hear what you said about that. And I, and I do appreciate that. And um, he has sent me a lot of texts that go way more descriptive into, you know, COVID-19 and not seeing his friends. And so I do believe that he is telling me the truth, you know, about having, you know, having these extra, extra fears of um, anxiety, you know, and depression. I do, I do believe that. I do buy that, but I just wasn't sure. I do buy that. I just wasn't sure it wasn't that, that he just wants the phone, you know, so bad upstairs that I'm thinking he's adding that on to it. But, Oh, well, he definitely wants the phone. He definitely wants the phone. That's why he's trying to keep the phone, right? So that's a gift, right? right? Right. But it's not your job to buy what he's saying. It's your job to clarify. So it's not about buying. It's about clarifying, right? Right. It'll it'll add up for you if you're drilling well. So that's really your main job is to be curious, use those drilling strategies, and come to a good understanding of what's making it hard for him to meet that expectation. It, I worry often that if a kid gets the slightest hint that we are skeptical rather than curious, things uh-huh. tend to go downhill a little bit there. So you're not skeptical. You're curious. It's not whether you buy okay. it. It's whether you clarify it. Okay. I, I am following you and Again, still, I probably would not put that on the table as my first um, script. Like that, I I'll start with something a little bit not quite so. Um, maybe just like just trying to get him to to be him to have the phone on the counter and just to be up in bed by the time that we, you know, talked about that would be a lot easier to work with that, you know, than the actual um, taking the phone actually with him. Maybe start. And I've, I've got it all written down, and I know we might not get past plan A, or not plan A, we might not get past step one, which, you know, the empathy step. I'm hoping that I can get into step one and get into saying my concerns about, you know, needing sleep and um, just that, you know, that he needs sleep and we have to get up earlier. And, and it's still school nights, even though he doesn't call them school nights now because it's not real school. So in his mind, he won't call it a school night. <laughs> we're saying it's still a school night, online school night. We still have to get sleep, and it's not a weekend. You know, it's still not the weekend hours that we're having. So, anyhow, I just wanted to let you know, though, I really want to thank you. I've got a slew of resources, thanks to you, to 
I'm trying to, well, I've been having trouble trying to find out where would be some of the, where could I find quickly instead of, I don't have time to hear every single thing right now, maybe zone in on the ones between teenagers and phone issues or teenagers and bedtime issues. Is there um, a way that you can ever type in some words and find out which, which of those podcasts might do that in the past? Well, it's hard to know what exact problems we might have covered on a particular program. Um, okay. Yeah. But, but here's the interesting thing. I know thing. you cover a lot. Okay. Let, let's say we've covered that problem before. It's, not, it's actually not okay. an especially uncommon, unsolved problem. It's a, it's a fairly common one, right? Um, right. Electronics in general is a pretty common <laughs> one. But here's the interesting right. thing. It almost doesn't matter because we don't know what your grandson's concerns are going to be. And if his concerns are different than the concerns of another kid who's having difficulty putting his phone on the kitchen counter before he goes to bed at night, then those other plan Bs on electronics aren't necessarily going to help you very much because the whole plan B evolves based on what your grandson's concerns are. And the solution Mm -hmm. is going to be pegged to what your grandson's and your concerns are. So although it may feel like hearing another one on electronics or phone use at night would be helpful to you, if the concerns of both parties are different, then that plan B is going to sound very different than the plan B you're going to have with your grandson. Does that make sense? Right. It does. Yeah, it does. And and I, I found, you know, three of the lagging um, skills that I could tie into all this. I got that down. I've got my how I'm going to, what the problem is, you know. And so I'm good to go, I think. And I'm, I'm going to keep on listening to your um, programs and past programs and video conference things that are coming up that you can sign up for. And um, I taught special ed for 30 years, and I'm retired. And I wish um, – I. I don't feel like I'm a plan A person anyhow. You know, I don't feel like I, I'm that type of a person, but I think some, I would say I haven't been real good at plan B. I, I don't always give my grandson a chance to, to sit and tell me what he's thinking. It's usually I'm sitting and saying, well, this is what I've been thinking. And I noticed that the, I'm saying some of the right things, but I'm excluding the most important part <laughs> and not giving him a chance to really it's just like me saying, I see this, I see that. I think we need to do this. And it's not me like being a dictator yelling, but it's still plan A in a nice way, maybe you would call it. <laughs> and, you know, we, we call that gentle a nice we call that way. gentle A. Grandma, okay, it sounds I might like be, your grandson. Yeah. Sounds like your grandson is very lucky to have you. Um, well and it very sounds much, like we, you are as well prepared as you can possibly be at this point. You're going to have to I jump really in. I, I know. Be, I know. I'm going to jump let in you a while. Okay. Before we let you go, we've Thank got you. three other folks on this program who may have words okay. of wisdom for you, and I don't okay. want to give them right. short keep shrift. Let, let's hear That's from right. them, I'm too. Keep okay. Thank you very much, Dr. Green. <laughs> Stella, Jennifer, Kim, any pearls? Well, the only thing I was, I was thinking... <laughs> Yeah. The only the only added thing I would would say is give it time. You know, when you first sit mm-hmm. down um to have this conversation at the table, at the couch, on the front stoop, um you know, the the very first 
flood of information that he gives you, um, give give a time. It doesn't all have to happen within a, a 10 minute, 15 minute conversation. Um, mm-hmm. I think just keep reminding yourself, be curious, be curious, be curious, and um, and enjoy reflecting what he says so that he knows that you really hear him as he's saying it. So if he says, when I go up to my room at night, I, I get upset because the sky is purple. And you know the sky is not purple, but you just say, oh, the uh-huh. sky is purple. Tell me more about that. You know, just keep mm-hmm. right. just curious and give it time. Thank you. Jennifer, Kim? And how old is your grandson? Fifteen. A freshman in okay. high school. Okay. Um, and up until now, have you steered more in the plan A department than the plan B or plan C department? Um, like I, I, I hate to say plan A cause that just sounds so, um, mean and dictator, but like I said, <laughs> well, the nice dental plan, plan A. A. <laughs> yes. Okay. Well, here's, here's the, the other thing that I was thinking of is that he's old enough that you can have a conversation with him where just for us, let me start that sentence over for us. I didn't get anywhere in having a plan B conversation. I don't know what nine when we started, um, and he's uh-huh. sixteen now. And okay. in the beginning, he had no interest in talking to me because he was just waiting for the hammer to fall. It wasn't yeah. until I sat down and talked with him and said, "Listen, I know." I feel like we're mad all the time and you're mad all the time and things aren't going well. And I've been reading this book and I'd like to try something different. And I gave him sort of a a nickel version of what the basics of CPS are. Uh And once he understood that I was doing something different, he was much uh-huh. more willing to talk with me. And at 15, he's certainly old enough that if you find resistance, that might be something that helps. Just saying, you know, I'm, and I'm still learning and I'm not going to be perfect at it. Uh, and in, right. there have been times where he has called me. It doesn't happen so much anymore, but in the beginning where I would still – I've always referred to it as plan A and plan B close, where it was like I go through the motions, but be using the plan B process to try and get him to agree to my solution. Uh-huh. <laughs> and uh-huh. he would say to me, you know, you're not listening to me, so why should I even bother? Right. <laughs> and that was right. when I knew it had started to take hold for him because he was then willing to call me on it when I was stepping back into plan A. But he right. had to understand what we were doing in order for him to buy into it at all. Yeah. yeah and that are, makes you, sense. are you on are you on the B team on Facebook? Um are actually you? I just sat yesterday I saw that you had the Facebook B team and I thought I was ready to push it and then I saw how many people, thousands and I thought, 
how am I ever going to be able to keep up with this? I, I, I didn't even, I, my fingers wouldn't let me punch it. I thought, I, I can't think about this. Can I, can I get yeah. a one more activity? But I want to yeah. be a well, listener and read and follow. The, 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 one of the benefits of the group, although it is, when I first joined, there were about like 3,000 people. Okay. Yeah. But, uh, but, one of the things that we've done in there is we've set up a group of learning units that you can work uh -huh. through. And this might be helpful for your husband as well, if he's on Facebook and willing to look at it. And uh -huh. they, they break down the process in, in like small chunks and okay. lead you through. There are videos, there are resources, there are links to things on the website. Uh, there are links to posts that have discussed that particular topic. Um, is this under Facebook? Within, today, or is it just this on, is yep, this is no, this is in this is within the B team on oh, Facebook. Okay, all right, wow. There's definitely lots of And you of can also you know shut off shut off the notifications if it becomes too much for you. <laughs> Yeah, because yeah, I'm having trouble with my own grand, my other um, grown-up children and, and grandchildren trying to stay with them. And I'm thinking, oh, my gosh, how can I take on a thousand people and get back and forth? And, but anyhow, I, that, I will check it out and look into that. Jim, any final words for Grandma? I don't think so. I think everything was covered. Yeah, I'm, I feel like a star. Thank you very much because I can't believe that I actually got on today to this. And our computer doesn't even work today. My grandson's down there fixing it. He's he's a whiz at computer technology. And I thought, oh, my God, I can't get on the show today or listen or nothing. And he goes, Grandma, use your phone. So I'm on my phone right now up in up in a hideaway room upstairs. And thank you so much. I, I really, you know, everything has been great. Thank you. We're Good so luck. glad you called in, and Grandma, you, you remind me of my own two grandmas who have who passed a long time ago, but um, I want you to be my honorary grandma. You're wonderful. Yeah. <laughs> now, I'm only 69. I'm not a great grandma. <laughs> oh, I'm, no, but and this, my grandmothers are much older than, would be much older than you are at this point, but uh, you're great. <laughs> and remember, well, you don't have to be perfect here, right? I know you're nervous going into this. You don't have to be perfect. You're just curious. Yeah, I, Your grandson I, is going to be a lot more invested in this if you're curious than he's going to be if you're just trying to be perfect. Nobody's perfect right, in the beginning. I, Nobody's perfect ever. Just be curious. It's a really good thing that you want to know what's making it hard for him to meet a particular expectation. And even if you don't do it perfectly, I'm confident you're going to gather that information. Well, thank you for all your support because I've got so much support here. I, I know I can do this, and I really am so happy that my, his counselor is the one who told me about this book. That's how it all started. And so um, I went and ordered it from Amazon. It came. I started reading it, and I was, you know. But anyhow, now my husband's working on it, so it's going gonna, it's gonna to help us. Thank you. We're glad you called in. Okay. <laughs> Have a good summer. And good luck. <laughs> thank you. Bye-bye. Oh, goodness. That, that may have been the best call ever. Right? <laughs> um, isn't it interesting, though, um, 
how petrifying it is, it can be, to do your first plan B with a kid. It is, it's different language, it's different stance, it's a, it's a whole different animal for many people. And, um, but you got to get over that first hurdle and do it once, you know? Absolutely. The thing I find interesting is what people consider to be the easy, you know, the easy topic to, you know, tip your toe into the water with. What's easy for one family is the hardest thing to talk about for another family. Like I remember my first plan B conversation with my son was about going to church. And that at the time was the easy topic. You know, and we've seen the conversation unfurl in the B team about, you know, attending services or, you know, religious events and, and the plan B's going into that and how, how difficult that can be. For me, it, it was the easiest way in. Um, so that's, that's always fascinating to me is to know what somebody considers a, a difficult topic and an easy one. Yeah, I didn't want to burden her with that, but um, you don't know if you don't know if it's going to be. I don't really distinguish between easy and hard. Bottom line is, it's the same three steps. Um, there yeah. might be some topics that are a little more emotional than other than others. But a lot of people distinguish easy and hard by the behavior the kid is exhibiting in response to the unsolved problem. That really doesn't tell you whether the problem itself is going to be easy or hard to solve. You never know if it's going to be straightforward or complicated until you get into it. Right. So grandma can pretty much <laughs> start anywhere she wants, and she won't know if it's going to be a tough one or an easy one until she's in it. Um, but, boy, that was I, – I just uh, – I love that grandma. That's a – that was good. Um, we're going we're gonna to do an email here because there's one that um, – when you hear me reading it, you'll see why I wanted to make sure we responded to this before we take a three-month break over the summer. This one says, I often feel so alone with the struggles we have with my 13-year-old son. I've been working with the CPS model for several years, mostly unsuccessfully due to difficulty with lens change, as well as the ongoing difficulty crisis with my son. We have many providers and therapy supports, none of which have been terribly successful. But we've been at this since he was very young. We work with a parent coach, his therapist, his psychiatrist. He's an outpatient group, a new therapeutic school. I have a therapist. My husband has a therapist. We are all on meds, et cetera, et cetera. <laughs> anyway, with the COVID situation, it is very difficult to say the least. The lack of structure, the boredom is so difficult for him. Current concerns. Number one, his only coping skill that he's willing to use is screen time playing video games, etc. It's painful to watch, and yet we've essentially planned seed this. He is not doing any schoolwork, he won't go outside, and is not willing to try all of the other things he enjoys to mix it up a bit. Tried to drill, drill down with not much success. Number two, obsessional thinking, desire to buy things, which he then turns into major explosive behavior when he doesn't get what he wants. This is worse, worse with all the time on his hands and boredom. Number three, explosive behavior, screaming, cursing, threatening voice, threatening to hurt himself, lack of willingness to help himself. We are all working much harder at this than he is. It feels often manipulative. 
what's a lagging skill and what's just being an a-hole. I don't have a better way to express it, so, that I might, so my apologies, LOL. I'd love some guidance on using CPS in these situations. Thank you. Well, I'm going to tell mom my first take on this. Number one, that's a lot of providers, and sometimes there are too many chefs in the kitchen. I can only imagine the disparate and potentially conflicting and possibly confusing guidance that is being received from that many helpers. Sometimes the more help you get, it's not better. More is not necessarily better. Um, And yes, I can certainly understand how the pandemic has made things worse, but I want to structure this for you. There, there's, we really can't talk about number three because number three is just behavior. Behavior is just the signal. I'm dis- discerning two unsolved problems here, actually several. Difficulty completing schoolwork would be an unsolved problem. Difficulty going outside would be an unsolved problem. The schoolwork one would need to be split into the multiple different assignments that your son is having difficulty with, as long as those remain vague or what we call clumped, um, you can drill as much as you'd like. You may not have much success. So my first piece of feedback here is we've got to be a lot more specific about the unsolved problems. Um, Number two, desire to buy things, which then turns into major explosive behavior, So um, difficulty um, waiting to buy X, Y, Z um, from the store. That's another unsolved problem. So my main contribution here is to say uh, I want to make sure that the main reason you're not getting much success here and not having much success in drilling one of the first things we got to do to make sure that you're a little bit more successful is to help you be more specific about what it is you're talking with your son about. Otherwise, that would be my first place to start, despite all of the difficulties you're having and all of the providers you have. Let's see if we can make those unsolved problems more specific so that there's actually something specific to talk about. Otherwise, I think that two years from now you may still be saying, that uh, the CPS model is still not being successful for you because you're trying to talk about things that are too vague. Now, you did not go into a great deal of detail about the lens change. That could be significant as well. The lens change usually comes when you do something that you may not have done yet, and that is use the assessment of lagging skills and unsolved problems to identify your son's lagging skills, specific lagging skills, and very specific unsolved problems. Later in your message, it sounds like you are familiar with the lagging skills, but it's the lagging skills section of the assessment of lagging skills and unsolved problems that provides people with their lenses. It's the unsolved problems that you're putting a lot of energy into because you want to make sure that they are as specific as possible. It's those unsolved problems that you're actually talking with them about, not the lagging skills, but it could also be possible that the lens change has been made more difficult 
by the fact that there are just so many helpers in the mix. And you may have so many lenses being thrown at you that it's hard to know where to start. There's my two cents. Let's see if my colleagues here have more to add. <laughs> we don't want to see what happens when I go first. I should never go first. <laughs> no. uh, actually, it's funny. I am so not an auditory processor. So if I don't see the email in front of me, it's actually hard for me to keep track of all the details. So I appreciate for this mm. one that you went first. Um, but I did catch a word that stuck with me, which is coping. She mentioned that he's um, resorting to screens as a coping strategy. And and I'm, I always like to just talk that through with people because I spent tons of time in my early career before finding the model trying to work with kids um, to develop coping strategies. But I just want to be pretty clear that that's kind of too late in the game. And the goal is really to look upstream and figure out as you were saying, what are the expectations he's having trouble meeting? He's signaling that by, you know, his eyes being glued to the screen instead of doing the math fractions worksheet or instead of going outside for the two hours you expect him to or whatever it might be. So um, I just like to, whenever I hear coping, I like to think that through because I think a lot of people think that that's like the magic thing to be working on when really it's just, you know, he's in the water and you're trying to throw him a life raft and he, and he, he might grab on and he might not. And it's just, it's too late. And so um, making sure you're going upstream, like on all those expectations, he's having trouble meeting. And then once you do a good job of splitting them and unclumping them, focusing on one, if that's all you've got the bandwidth to do right now and being okay with that. Excellent. Stella, Jennifer. Kim, I'm really glad you said that because that, besides the um, the lens change, in the mention of the lens change, um, which Dr. Green you so eloquently um, unfurled, um, the the coping um, was the the other thing that I that I was reflecting on too. So I don't I don't have anything else to add. I think that's that's excellent. I would say um, right now, mom or dad who wrote that email is in the pit. They're, they're in that parenting pit where everything is awful and you feel like a terrible parent and it's never going to get any better and your kid's going to end up living under a bridge or never leave home or, or you know, in jail or all the terrible things that your brain tells you are going to happen someday. Um, and that when you're in the pit, it's really, really hard to see any kind of light. And in that spot, the best thing that you can do is give yourself and your kid the grace of plan C. Recognize that maybe right now, He's so far in the pit that all he can do is be on his screen. And for right now, for a little while, maybe that's okay. Let him do that until he gets to a place where he can handle something more. Doesn't mean that you don't stop interacting. It doesn't mean that you don't stop pushing just a little bit. 
but it means that you meet him where he is and then step very slowly away from that, give him that grace, and give yourself the grace to recognize that you're overwhelmed right now. And it's really, really hard when you're in the midst of that. Um, Charity Ball was talking at the, the summit last year about amygdala hijack. And when your body is stuck in that fight, flight, or freeze mode, you can't have that rational thought. So if you're stuck there and he's stuck there, the best thing you can do is step back, plan, see it, and then let things settle a little. And now our listeners know why I don't do this program by myself. Um, (laughs) You guys um, offer wonderful wisdom. We are out of time for today, um, but I want to thank you all for doing this program again this season. I hope we can rely on you starting in September again if we don't do another program until then. And um, now in the meantime, I hope you and all of our listeners Stay safe, wash your hands, keep your (laughs) fingers out of your face, and we will talk to you again in September, if not sooner. Take care, everybody. You too. Thank Thank you. You You too. Bye-bye.